Welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, where you'll hear vulnerable, honest stories that will inspire you to embrace your mess and live your best life. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My guest today is Brian Bogert. And if you've never heard of Brian before, you are going to love this interview. Brian is an individual that I met about a year ago through some mutual contacts. And he was just one of those people that I didn't know I needed in my life until he was introduced to me. And there was a handful of people around this same time that I met. And um, to say that Brian is somebody that I aspire to you know, help him share his message to emulate the impact that he strives to bring to the world every single day would be an understatement. Brian is an incredible individual. He has an amazing story. If you've never heard it before, I won't spoil it right now. I want you to hear it from his words. But we really had just such a vulnerable, honest, authentic conversation that I think anybody that listens to this is going to feel they're just going to feel the energy of when the two of us actually get together and, and have a conversation. I know I did. Like, I'm still buzzing, and I'm literally recording this right after the interview. And I'm quite honestly kind of like a loss for words. Like, it, it was such an impactful interview, not only for myself, but I just know the kind of impact it's going to create on people that are listening to this, like yourself. So please give it a listen. I know we we talked about not only embracing our own stories and the messy journey that is our journey, our own individual journeys. But we also talked about our wives too. We talked about our relationships. We talked about family. We talked about how certain things happen in life because of intentions that are created and the actions that we choose every single day. And we both referenced examples of that just in the last six months that have gone on in our own lives. And I'm not going to lie, like it hasn't been a smooth journey for either one of us. And we both shared that but the place that we've got to, to go through some of the pain to get on, on the other side of it to exactly where we want to be and what we always intended in our lives, it's really beautiful. It really is. So with that, I, I just can't wait for you to consume this one. Please give it a listen. Go follow Brian. Consume his content. Share his content with the world as well. He's on a mission to impact a billion lives, and you being here are one of those people that, we, that will be a part of that ripple. So let's go give it a listen. Brian Bogert, welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show with, of course, your host, Trevor Turnbull. It's good to see you again, my friend. Well, I'm happy at least the host is consistent with the name of the show. I would have been concerned <laughs> if there was something different there. But Trevor, man, it's uh, after all the time we've been getting to know each other over the last year, it's, it's nice that we're finally able to kind of circle the wagons and, and find a way to collaborate and put some value into the world together. So thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we've only known each other for, I was trying to think back. It's like maybe a year now, maybe not quite about a, year. a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's about a year. And of course, we got connected through Justin Breen, I believe, was the original mm-hmm. source. And then I saw actually the other day that you did a video shoot with uh, Duncan Littlefield. Who oh, yeah. I've, yeah, yeah. And I've reached out to Duncan recently too to do one of these interviews. But you were somebody like that, that, that group of people, just the three of those people that I just mentioned, um, it was like we were meant to meet, you know, like I've always enjoyed oh, yeah. the conversations that we've had yeah. and I was looking forward to having this chat and I know we've, uh, you know, done a few back and forth to try and make it happen. So 
Yeah. This is going to be good, man. Can't wait to talk. But to your point, those are you. all good people. I mean, Justin's been a, been a good, good relationship that's been built. We've, you know, made lots of introductions back and forth for each other. And Duncan, Duncan's just like a whole nother level. I mean, Duncan and I are yeah. in a place where we're doing life together. We've, we've got a couple of businesses together. We're collaborating on a bunch of Amazing. projects. Like we're doing a bunch of cool things. And so, um, yeah, when you, when you get around people that are just aligned with you, you just feel it, right? Yeah. You know, and that's exactly what happened with you and I. I mean, it was like instantly we connected. Yeah. And it wasn't a matter of if we were going to do something together. It was what, how, when, right? And that's where we are now, so. Yeah. Well, and we kind of joke around like, it's the Trevor Turnbull show with Trevor Turnbull. But honest to God, like in January, when I thought about doing a podcast, I, I did what I've had a pattern of always doing, which is let my marketer brain kick in and go, what's the purpose of this? How is it going to be a lead gen tool? What should I name it? It's about the truth. It's about that. And eventually I landed on my name partially just because of these outside little influences, right? So Brian Bogert is the Brian Bogert uh, group of companies. Um, And, you know, that played a part of it for sure. And then the other part was just talking to people that I know, like, and trust to say, what do you think? And they're like, just stop overthinking it, man. Just make it your name, you know? Is that this is a passion project. This is something where you're having these yeah. vulnerable, honest conversations with people with the intent on helping serve and helping other people live their greatest life. So, but I'm with, curious because I think it's interesting that you just said that, right? Because you like leaned towards having it be your name, but you hesitated. Mm-hmm. So, why did you hesitate to have it be your name? Yeah, I did a lot of deep diving on that at first because, and it was literally because I wanted to, or I started to think that my name wasn't going to be attractive enough to get people at first glance to look at it and think, oh, I got to go listen to this podcast, right? It was a massive limiting belief, right? It's just straight up not true. But that's the honest truth, though. That that was it. And yeah. and I think, and and I know we'll talk about this a bit, but this is where I've sharpened the knife over the years and surrounding myself with good people that that hold me high is that I'm able to recognize these patterns in myself and these thought processes yeah. and pivot yeah. faster. So I and I don't get down on myself when I have those moments because they're going to happen again too. I know it. Of course, but. of course, to all of us, by the way. Mm-hmm. But that's why I paused and asked right there because I think it's interesting, right? Because like what you just yeah. talked about is obviously one of the things that I speak about most is this idea of emotional triggers, right? That was probably a shame trigger that kept yep. you believing that like maybe a show wasn't going to be worthy enough with just your name on it, right? Which then tips into imposter syndrome, which then causes you to maybe almost not even have the passion project, which is truly about the conversations that Trevor wants to create come yep. to the world under Trevor's name, right? And so I just, I think it's a really important thing because I'm really happy that you did identify the pattern, that you were able to break the pattern and that you've gone ahead and done it because dude, I wouldn't want to be on your show unless it was the Trevor Turnbull show. It was all about you right now. And I don't mean it all about you because it's actually not about you. That's the beautiful part about you. You make everything else about everybody else. So your name is really like just going to be the placeholder to create and curate phenomenal conversations. Guess what? That builds your personal brand in a really unique way. So I'm happy you leaned into it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And that's, uh, I think, one of the characteristics I really appreciate about you too is every time we have conversations you dig into the root cause of what actually the story behind why a person thinks the way they do and the decisions that they make, right? And that's, um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, a gift that you have. And obviously, it's a result of you know many experiences in life and all of the ways things that you've gone through, even too, right? Like the, we, we're not born like this. We we go through stuff, and then we choose yep. the way that we show up. And on that note, so the real vision and the why behind why I decided to do this when I was really grounding myself in it was what I just said. But also I've got two boys and I know you have kids as well that are three and four years old. And I said this in my first solo episode, 
um, I actually spoke to my kids. I actually took like a 10-minute segment of that first one. And I said, boys, I'm talking to you right now, you know? This is here to be a blueprint of not how to do everything the way that I want you to, but rather like learn from the people that have been down this journey before. Like go make your own mistakes. It's part of the process, right? But Mm -hmm. it's a gift. It's my gift to them. It's a legacy project, right? And um, there's a quote by Brene Brown that I always mention at the start to kind of ground everybody in our intention here, which is, one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it will become somebody else's survival guide. And yeah. I can't wait to share. Dude, I just got, I just got chills when you said that that's a quote that resonates deeply with me. Um, Mm. you know, I will tell you that, uh, although it has not been done formally yet, we're going to be quickly evolving. Not, it's not going to be called the Brian Bogert companies anymore. It's just going to be the Bogert companies Nice. because my wife is as much a part of it as I am. And my kids are now asking when they get to be a part of the family business. And so it is, it's become bigger than me. And so that's something that not only do I want to create a platform for, but I've thought about, even as you just said, it's like you're creating a legacy piece too. Because even if your kids don't follow this pattern, what they're always going to have and will never lose sight of is the fact that they're going to have hours upon hours upon hours of conversations with dad that they get to see your face, see your interactions, listen to your voice. And so years after you're gone, you're also creating literally a memory book and a way for them to connect with you that's super unique and different. So that's something that's really powerful about what we have access to today mm-hmm. is every single time I turn on the television, sorry, every single time I turn on the camera, right? Every single time we're creating a piece of content, I constantly can center myself in the fact that my kids are going to be able to consume this one day yeah. and I want my kids to be proud of what they've consumed. Yeah. And so I, it also helps me stay really focused on what our cause and our mission is. But, but Brene's quote is what's powerful and it's something that I believe to my core. Mm-hmm. everybody's story matters. Yeah. And yeah. My, my, my purpose in life, which has recently shifted, like for the first time in a decade ever, actually, since the first time I wrote it down, it's changed. Mm. It used to be I will provide or I'm a provider or whatever, right? And there was all these different things that went below it. I say whatever dismissively because it still is, but it wasn't as clear as it is today. But my purpose on this planet is to allow my truth to give others permission to live theirs. Mm. That's the power yeah. of story. Yeah. And each one of us has the ability to do that for others to tap into the collective wisdom of all of our stories so they can shorten their own curve to learning. So that's what's beautiful about what you just said in so many ways, not only with the quote, but the purpose behind it with your kids. Like There are so many levels to this that truly create a purpose big enough for you to overtake the pains required to just get up and get going. Yep. It lands, man. And like I say, uh, you've been a piece of my journey. Like you, The words that have come out of your mouth, the conversations that we've had, and I and I truly look at it like that for everybody too, right? It's this. Yeah. There's no one person that's going to motivate you to mm-hmm. step into the greatest version of yourself. You have to take personal responsibility first, and then surround yourself with good people. Put the right things into your head. Use the right language. Your words are powerful. Like we've talked about this stuff. It's it's just oh, yeah. also true. But I, I knew coming into this interview that. Uh, we just naturally go down a path and, and you already led me down it. It's, it's pretty amazing, man. It's like we have this, uh, you know, connected sense here. But I want to tell people about your story. I want you to share your okay. story, of course. But I actually wanted to go down a path of talking about your wife and your family as well. Because yeah. one of the things in, if, if anybody's consumed Brian's content, and if you haven't, I'll link it all up so you can go check it out. But like um, your story alone is something that, you know, I think people will just, naturally be drawn to, you know, and the message behind it. But you did a video with your wife in January. It was, uh, I got the title here, Marriage Hacks with the Bogerts, right? And I remember, man, I think I told you this, I was in the airport at the time flying back from an executive quarterly retreat. 
And it just really landed, right? Because it was just you. And I think you told me you and your wife just like flipped on the camera and she said, all right, Literally. let's do it, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you talked a lot about uh, what we've already kind of led into here right now. So, so I want to touch on that. Uh, but if you yeah. wouldn't mind, do you want to maybe just give everybody some context as to like, who is Brian? What, what is the, the story that I'm sure many people have heard before, but some people haven't. So I want to yeah. have them hear it from your words. So, I, you know, because of that, in case we have people in here who haven't told the story, what, what my default is is to sometimes just brush over it with quick little bullet points. Mm-hmm. But what I've continued to learn is the more I actually give context to the story, the more it resonates and connects with people. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask to be able to do that real quick. And so Please. with yep. that case, I'm going to ask you and anybody who's listening, unless they're driving— of course, to close their eyes, right? If you're mm. driving, I don't want your eyes closed. But everybody else, please close your eyes. And I want you to imagine going to a store, having a successful shopping trip, heading outside, leaving the door, and you just feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, the breeze through your hair. You got a little pep in your step. You're going on with your day. And as you get up to your car, you're fumbling in your pocket for your keys so that you can put the key in the door, turn it, and go on. And you turn your head, and you see a truck barreling 40 miles an hour right at you with no time to react. Go ahead and open your eyes. That's where this portion of my story begins. My mom, my brother, and I went to our local Walmart to get a one-inch paintbrush, and we did. We walked out the door. Everything was beautiful. And anybody who's known me for more than two seconds knows that I've always had an excitement and vigor for life, right? So, of course, that pep in the step was mine. I wanted to get home and put that paintbrush to use. But this was back in the days before there was key fobs. And so I had to wait, literally, for my mom to catch up, who was three, four feet behind me, put her key in the door and turn it. And as she was walking to catch up, there was a truck that pulled up and parked in front of the store. Driver and middle passenger get out. Passenger all the way to the right felt the truck moving backwards, which, you know, as is the case with any one of us, we feel ourselves in that situation where you're going to scoot over to put our foot on the brake. So he ramped his knee up really high to shove down on that brake and put plenty of pressure into it to make sure that truck stopped, but he missed. Mm. And he hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up on the steering wheel, up on the dashboard, and before you know it, he's catapulting across the parking lot 40 miles an hour right at us with no time to react. Now, we were in an end spot, so he goes on up over the median, up and over the tree in the median, hits our car, knocks me over, runs over me diagonally, tearing my spleen, leaving a tire truck scar on my stomach, and continuing on to completely sever my left arm from my body. Yeah. So there I was laying on the ground on a 115-degree day in August in Phoenix, Arizona. My mom and brother watched the entire thing happen. They look down, see me laying on the ground. They look up, and they see my arm 10 feet away. Fortunately for me, my guardian angel also saw the whole thing happen. There was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this took place. She saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her, and I'm forever indebted to this woman for choosing to go into action versus turning her head to go on with her day. Hmm. She came over and stopped the bleeding on the main wound and saved my life. She instructed some innocent bystanders to run inside, grab a cooler, fill it with ice, and get the detached limb on ice within minutes to give me a fighting chance of saving my limb. Had she not done one or both of those things, Trevor, I either wouldn't be here with you today Yep. Or I'd be here with you today with a cleaned up stump. Like, let's just call it what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know you referenced this story. Some people have maybe heard it. Some people maybe haven't. But what I'm pretty sure of is those who haven't, we're certainly not expecting it to go there today, right? And yeah. what I've learned in all my time of doing this is that I have an extremely unique story. But what I also know is that we all have extremely unique stories. And what's important, again, is similar to what we were talking about before, is that we pause and become aware of the lessons we can extract from those stories and then become intentional with how do we apply them in our lives. And we all have the ability to do that. And we all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories. So I'm going to share with you two ones real quick. And then, bro, we're just going to freestyle for the rest of it. Because I know yeah. that you and I have got plenty of ways we'll ebb and flow in this conversation. Yeah. The, the first is I learned not to get stuck by what has happened to me, but instead get moved by what I can do with it. Mm. The second I didn't realize until far later. 
You see, at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, although I had, you know, relentless surgeries, years of therapy, like I was being guided through the process. So even though it was happening to me, I was a little bit in a fog. My parents, however, were not in a fog. You see, they were intimately aware of the unceasing medical treatments, years of physical therapy. And the idea of seeing their son grow up without the use of his left arm was a source of great potential suffering for them. So they willed themselves day in and day out to do what was necessary, to do what was tough, to embrace the pains required to ultimately strengthen and heal me. So whether it was intentional or not, what they did was ingrain in me a philosophy and a way of living, which was to embrace pain, to avoid suffering. And I believe that when this is done correctly, that's also where we gain freedom. So it's these concepts that I've used to not only overcome this unique injury, but how my business partners and I have scaled our last business to over 15 million within the span of a decade, how I've been able to literally repair relationships with my kids and my wife and overcome different levels of pain in my world. Um, and it's also why we've now flipped it on its head as a human behavior performance coach to really be able to help individuals and organizations just like you, just like the individuals watching and, and, and companies experiencing this become more aware, more intentional, and who they already are, their most authentic selves. See, I believe this is when the door starts to crack to perspective, motivation, and direction. That's where I think joy, freedom, and fulfillment enter into our lives holistically. And that's when we have a fighting chance of allowing vulnerability and authenticity to be more in the forefront. Vulnerability and authenticity, the glue that binds human connection. And if we can do that successfully, it gives people the ability to stand on their own two feet, not only confident, but convicted in who they are, knowing that the world at that point will not only accept them, but will embrace them for who they are. So all these things I'm doing are to leave this world a better place for my kids and my grandkids. Mm. Hallelujah, man. I appreciate you sharing all of that. It's, um, and I'm glad that you get went into the detail that you did for anybody that hasn't heard of you yet. And again, it's another reason why I decided to do this is that these stories need to be told, you know? Mm -hmm. And somebody that has known me for 10 years and followed all the different journeys that I've gone down and gone on different email lists and connected on Facebook and whatever, you know? somebody's going to hear that and it's going to hit them. It's going to impact them, you know, and that's really the purpose of this. And I landed on, in fact, on episode 10, I've already recorded episode 10, even though Good for you. it hasn't published yet, but um, it was a reflection piece on what I learned from doing the first nine episodes. And one of those pieces was really, or one of the aspects of it was that podcasting is healing. And just like having conversation, well, you know, let's make it more general. Speaking about the things that you may have felt shame about before or that you're hesitant to, to say out loud or something that you might feel you might be judged for, the healing happens when you say it out loud, when you actually converse with somebody oh, else. Yes, yes. You know, I, I say a lot that I think that the root of all suffering, right, is really a combination of a couple of things. It's the things that are left unsaid, the things that we don't feel the permission to feel or say, the things we don't feel we have the words to say, or the things left undone. Like, I think the root of suffering in so many categories in life is rooted in these four things. And what you just said is absolutely powerful because sometimes just the external expression of words to how you feel or what you're experiencing releases the energy that's connected with it. It closes that 18-inch gap in that journey between our mind and our hearts because vocalizing something allows us to express exactly what we're feeling and how we're experiencing it. So all of a sudden, our intellect and our emotion are combined in the way we can communicate it. And all of a sudden, that resistance and the divide between the gap and narrative between those two goes away because we've just articulated in words externally. Yeah, It is a powerful thing for you to recognize that's a gift in podcasting. Brother, man, I, I like turn the volume up on that shit. Let more people listen yeah. to that one thing. Yeah. Right? What is being left unsaid in your world that needs to be said? Yeah. Well, and one thing that came to mind as you were telling your story, too, was 
as somebody that in my journey, like around 2001, I started to get an idea of entrepreneurship. So I took a course in university that was entrepreneurship. There was like two programs, right? You had to come up with an idea, you had to pitch it, create some marketing materials, that type of thing. I was the guy that presented it. I had a whole bunch of smart people behind me doing all the financials and all that kind of stuff. And then I came up and story told and, and sold it, you know? That was the first step, right? And then I started moving into, um, uh, you know, the first business and then the first massive failure and then the, oh God, I'm, I'm no good at this. And then the mentor that said like, no, part of the journey, man, like it's, it's the rite of passage for you to have that first failed yeah. business, you know? But I'll tell you this though, is that it, it probably between like 2010 to 2014, 2015, I felt like my story wasn't compelling enough to really capture the attention of people. And I actually, and this is just being honest, I actually had thoughts in my head of, I I wish my story was more heart-wrenching. I wish I had the, you know, the tragedy that I could reference as a part of the, the, the story to capture attention, right? And over the years, I started to really become consciously aware of the fact that like, I actually created tragedy in my life by thinking yep. that way because yes, in, two, right? in 2017 and 2018, and I've told this story numerous times now, but my wife and I went through pregnancy and lost two kids really late in uh, preterm 19 weeks and 23 weeks. Mm-hmm. And then our uh, third attempt was through surrogacy. And we actually had our son at six weeks early, which was scary enough in itself because he oh, was yeah. still a little premature. Oh, yeah. But then our next son came 16 weeks early. He was a pound, right? And when I finally, you know, was able to jump ahead six years later, I was like, holy man, like I actually created all of that, right? And would I change any of it? No, it's a part of my journey. But I just say it out loud for anybody to be aware that like whatever you think, whatever you will, whatever you put your energy and your focus towards, you have the ability to create it. That's true. Anything, whatever it is. 100% true. 100% true. And I, you know, this is something that I run into a lot. And I, I actually truthfully struggle with broadcasting my story at the level that I do because I don't want people to compare to my story. Mm. Right? That's also why I give that normalizing statement at the end of my story. Right? It's not an attempt to connect with people. It's an attempt to say, like, look, we actually all have those stories. Now, I don't care if it's financial loss. I don't care if it's a divorce. I don't care if it's like a bad breakup. I Like genuinely, I don't care what it is about your story. Your story is relevant to you. You have credibility in your story. And I guarantee you, I don't care what the category is, there are people on this planet that will connect and resonate with your story. It will move them. It will feel similar to them. And so, you know, Duncan Littlefield, we referenced him earlier. You know, he's yeah. one of my business partners and what we're doing, we're building whose stories right? The whole concept on this is that your story is enough. We're telling stories in a raw, cinematic way and the stuff that people doesn't talk about. Mm-hmm. The things that people are like, oh, I can't talk about this struggle. Or I can't talk about the fact that my dad abandoned me for 12 years of my life. Or I can't talk about the fact that my whole worldview and narrative was wrapped up in, in the way I viewed my dad and the anger that I had from all these. By the way, these are not my examples. These are examples of other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. The reality of it is, is I don't care what it is about your story. If you are intentional and aware around what you can extract from your story, I promise you it connects with other people. And it is absolutely worthy. You are enough. Who you are is perfect. And your story is more than enough because it will move the needle for other people. And here's what I know. If your story moves you, which it will, right? It always does. Our own perspective does move us in some capacity. Moved people move people. 
Mm. You're actually doing the world and yourself a disservice by not owning your truth. Because the reality of it is, again, I told you human connection is bound by the glue that is vulnerability and authenticity. Yep. The only way that your story actually gets demonstrated is if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and authentic. And what most people think is that they cannot do either one of those things, right? Because the world narratives have told us who we need to be. We've forgotten who we were before the world told us who to be. And so when we actually enter into the worldview this way and we recognize that it's like these narratives that are actually keeping us trapped, right? We are doing ourselves a disservice by not being vulnerable and authentic, but we think we're protecting ourselves with this armor. Yeah. Okay. Reality is that armor, all it's doing is incrementally crushing us more and more over time and keeping us further and further from actually having what we want, it's the, which is to feel connection. So lean in, be vulnerable and authentic because true strength actually hides behind vulnerability. And your story is not only enough, but your story, I guarantee, will move other people. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear a lot of that on this show, anybody that's listening. It. In fact, episode five that just released was with Ron Tite, who's a, a speaker, a comedian, somebody that I, you know, have built a good relationship with, even though we haven't spent a lot of time together. We spoke on a, on a stage about five years ago at the same time. And it was titled, uh, Vulnerability is Strength. And he literally, we, we just talked about a story that he told about the fact that you don't need to be a father to actually be a father figure and to impact other people's lives. He talked about exactly that, his story of like having a dad that wasn't around and, and the story that he attached to it and then how he worked through that. Right. And we even spoke about it from a, a business sense because like their agency works with big brands and they literally help them with storytelling and actually- yeah. Storytelling we, is everything. Yeah, weaving in vulnerability into those stories too, because a lot of times um, I think people see vulnerability as weakness still. And like you start, that narrative's changing because of what you just said there. Moved people, move people, right? Yeah. And I'm writing all these down, by the way. I've got so many great quotes from me already. Uh, that's what I love. <laughs> you know, cool. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't look for quotables. I just try to add value, but I love that uh, yeah. sometimes, sometimes the words come out in a way that somebody's like, oh, that could be a cool quote, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's good. But, uh, but I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. Story is everything. And sto- story is what mm. binds us together. Story is what connects us. Story is what makes us feel like, you know, somebody understands us, sees us, can connect with our experience. Like, that's what it is. Again, that's why my, my purpose is to allow my truth to give others permission to live theirs. That's all it is, right? I'm just, <laughs> I just have been through enough vulnerability and authenticity that, like, it takes courage to still reveal further and further layers of me. But the more I do, the more people connect and actually find ways to move themselves in their own world. Like that's what it's all about. And so I just look at this as such a powerful platform. I love that podcasting is going to be an outlet for you in that way, because you've got a lot to share. And I know that the guests that you bring into the world are going to, uh, you know, do that same thing because you don't surround yourself with people that don't align with who you are. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about you. Yeah. Well, and I know the gifts that I've, um, you know, fine-tuned over the years. You know, some of them are naturally just a byproduct of how I grew up, the fact that I was the oldest kid amongst all of the kids in our family, so therefore everybody kind of looked up to me. I was the first one to take the leap into everything, you know, like all of that stuff has led to it. But, you know, I've honed my skills to know that, like, you know, I joke about the fact that, like, man, ton of good quotables there. But seriously, though, I have a team of people behind me that will create 15 different quote graphics, and we will chop this up into 40 different pieces. And, and you know that, too. Like, you've, seen, you've yeah. seen this stuff. But it's all, again, going back to the point is that one thing will hit one person at the right time, yeah. and they will be moved to be, like, they will feel moved to move, right? Yeah. And that's what it's all about. 
Um, so the, the other thing, I want to jump on this and take it a little bit further if we can, because I think it's really important, right? Because we talk about vulnerability and authenticity as like concepts, right? And, and they're real. But I don't think that either vulnerability or authenticity exists without emotion, right? And so although I tell you that human, these are the glue that binds human connection, human connection is not human connection without emotion, right? It's just not. Yeah. And so when we think about story, it's also not always just purely from a factual standpoint, but how do you invoke the feeling that you experienced or the lessons you extracted, or as you talked about in the vulnerability of strength episode, like here's my story and here's the story I told myself about it. It's one of my greatest, that's one of the greatest quotes, by the way, talking about quotes from Ryan Holiday in The Obstacle is the Way, is there is no good or bad without us. There's the, there's the event that happens and the story we tell ourselves about it. Right. And so, so often what we have to recognize is, again, what binds us is through the, the emotion, the human experience. I think the human experience is bucketed into four basic things. We all desire to feel safe. We all desire to feel protected. And those are not the same thing. We all desire to feel seen and understood. And we all desire to feel connected. Right? The first three are primarily rooted in emotion all around vulnerability and authenticity. Right? To feel safe and protected, you've got to be able to be in an environment that fosters that. Mm-hmm. But if you think about cinematic movies, right? we, we're okay seeing it in commercials. We're okay seeing it on the big screen. Right? It's these transcendent threads. It's the, it's the elements of emotion that literally connect us and bind us as human experience. When a movie is being crafted, a story is being crafted, it's always around how is this going to make someone feel? How will they experience this? What element of the human experience can we tap into? Is it shame? Is it guilt? Is it fear? Is it whatever the emotion is? It's rooted in emotion. Yeah. It's not just rooted in, oh, we can structurally put together a phenomenal story. No, it's like, how do we move people through this experience? How do we get them to feel something? And so when you're telling your story, like, you don't have to fabricate anything. Just feel the truth of your own story. Right. Nobody can take your own perspective from you. Right. So I don't care if you want to honor your family, honor your friends, whatever. Like you can tell certain elements of stories purely as facts, but you bring the emotion in and this is how I experienced it. Right. These are the lessons I took from it. This is where I've chosen to go from it. It removes any blame or any fault to anybody that's connected to the story other than you. So if you can truly own your story, communicate it in a way from a position of ownership and autonomy, and you can layer in the emotion, which is what roots all of this together, that's Powerful. an art, that's a science, that's, but we all have that capability. Totally. This is actually maybe a good opportunity to transition into what I was going to ask you about, too, with regards to your wife and your relationship yeah, and your yeah, family yeah, yeah. and that yeah. type of thing, because um, you and I... Dude, I feel like I could talk to you for four days straight like this about this stuff, and we could go and just yeah. create content and, and create impact, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And we each have wives, and our wives, uh, like, from what I understand anyways, like, the video that you did with your wife in January, mm-hmm. she hasn't chosen to, like, be public-facing and, and do what you do, right? Like, it's not her passion um, to do so, or, or maybe it is, who knows, but she just hasn't done it. And my wife's the same way. Like, my wife is, like, very powerful. And she's, she's my co-pilot, you know? And, uh, I'm just interested to know, you know, like the, the dynamic of, of Brian and who you are, would you be the person that you are right now? If not for that relationship? Oh, not with a your question. Wife? Not a question. Like I, there's no way. Not, mm. I wouldn't even be close. Frankly, <laughs> we've been, we've been, we've been together for almost 15 years. My wife is not only my best friend, She's my greatest confidant. She's my greatest coach, my greatest mentor, my greatest challenger, my greatest supporter, my greatest everything. Like, I, my, I am who I am largely because of my wife. Because, oh, by the way, she actually brought out who I authentically am 
because she saw yes. who I was despite all the external damage. <laughs> yeah. And for 15 years, she's continued to love the person that she believed me to be and has fought just like I fight for her, right? But she has fought to make sure that I see myself the way she sees me mm-hmm. because she actually sees me for who I am. And so I would not be the person I am without her. And, and I'm going to take that a step further. I mean, that video that was released in January, like, was solid. It was good. It was where we were. But here's the crazy part, brother. Yeah. Like, it was still not the complete story. Mm. And, yeah. and we're in a position right now where we are now on the other end of probably one of the most difficult periods in our marriage ever. Mm. Okay. Yeah. March 4th, 5th, and 6th, my wife would, and I both would have told you that we were in the best place in our marriage ever over the course of 14 years together and 10 years we celebrated marriage in, in December. So, and oh, by the way, it would have been true. Like, we weren't making that up. It wasn't for external appearance. Like, we genuinely were really good. Yeah. We went away for the weekend on March 6th. And it's ironic that it's connected to this date because it has nothing to do with it. But the March 6th was also the day that my son was the exact same age I was when my accident happened. Mm. So I've thought about the March 6th, 2021 for the better part of three to four years, almost every single day, wow. not understanding what the significance would be. And I actually wasn't even with my son on the day because my wife and I were having a getaway. Yep. But on that day, we unpacked something like this little hidden thorn that we both felt was there, but we never intellectually knew was there or what it was. And uh, I hadn't had the opportunity to do what I do and really be able to understand the patterns and extract it because it was too close and I was blind to it. We unpacked this little thorn. It was something my wife needed to address and do, and I won't even share the details because that's her story to tell, not mine. Yep. Okay? Put me into a really insecure place over the course of a month, but what it also allowed her to do is evolve to a place where she finally was able to articulate to me her truth, mm. which hurt, right? Yep. Um, by the middle of April, I didn't know if I'd be married for another month, let alone for another year. Okay? So keep in mind, I want to be very clear here. I am committing the rest of my life to making sure that I can help people get back to who they are and demonstrate who they are to the world and understand who they're doing this for and who they're trying to impact and attracting who they're trying to impact into their world. Like it's all about the who for me. Yeah. Right. And my wife then was able to actually articulate that some of the things I had brought into our marriage early have contributed patterns and conditions that have led to her losing who she is. Mm. It was a soul hit. Yeah. Okay. Um, But it was rooted in temper and it was rooted in control. Now, the control we were able to dispel relatively quickly because we were able to understand like how that pattern forward in my life and that the intent behind the moments that she received as control weren't actually control from my perspective. It was just a misunderstanding of like how she was receiving it based on both of our own triggers, by the way. Yep. Right? We unpack another 10 days and it became very clear to me um, that I've been angry for a very long time. And I'm talking like anger buried so deep it could barely be excavated. Right, So there was nothing else I could do in that moment other than to be aware of it, own it real time, start to recognize I need to unroot it and move through it, which is the whole process around emotional triggers that we, we guide people through on the inside out. But I had to do it. I literally handed my phone to my wife and I said, I need you to cl- clear my calendar for the next 10 days with everybody on my team. Mm. With the exception of one thing, by the way. Four days later, we were going to be speaking for the very first time in a marriage mastermind. And we were the, we were the speakers. And we were going to go in four days later after like unpacking this really big nugget that was like pretty massive. Because here's the mm-hmm. thing. You take someone like myself with the energy that I have, with my ability to infuse life into people. Now imagine that turned the other direction. Right. I had created damage that became so great I didn't know if I could repair it. Mm. Right? And, and it was my fault. There was a lot of stuff that patterned forward in her own triggers that truly were my fault. I just hadn't seen it. So it had been my responsibility this whole time, even though I didn't see it. But now it was my fault and my responsibility to repair 
So I went deep and I went through my own process. I had to get to the roots of my anger. I had to really unpack things. I had to understand them. But the point is, is I did that. Okay. Yep. Here's yep. the crazy part. I had to recognize that a lot of the patterns in our marriage were actually a byproduct of my anger. It's not, I never, never hit my wife, right? Like I'm not screaming off and I'm not like calling names left and right, but there was stuff that happened that was more aggressive earlier in our relationship. But now it was often more just an energy or a tone or something where I would get triggered and feel it and it would blast an energy through the room. Yep. But I had to like shut it off. And so I told my wife that I promised her that I would do everything in my power to make sure that the impact of anger would never impact our household again as a result to me. Mm. And I'm proud to say almost five months later, it's only happened one time and we had the opportunity to repair it took three months, three months of me just like taking it, right? Yep. Like being okay, recognizing that it truly was my fault that created some of these patterns and just taking it, like not reacting, not like getting upset, but just taking it until my wife started to open up herself and realized that she also had contributed to the patterns that we were on. And she also started to lead, lead through this path. And it's actually led us to a place where brother man, like I truly at this moment have everything I've ever wanted in my life. I thought I had it before, but I didn't. But I also almost lost everything that was important to me because of me. Right. I had to like go through that. And my wife had the courage to be able to demonstrate that to me in a way that allowed me to move in my actions and behaviors because those are not parts of myself that I'm proud of. I hate to admit, but they are true. Yep. yep. I was blind to it, but I am now aware, which means I'm not only responsible for it, but anything that happens from this point forward, I can't hide behind. It's not my fault. It's absolutely my fault from that point forward once you become aware of it. Yeah. And so, again, we're in a position now. Dude, she's a part of the business now. She, like, wants to be, like, actively. Like, not Amazing. just like, oh, I'll help where I can. Like, she just told me this morning. She's like, I'm having fun working with you. Like, mm. doing the stuff that I'm doing. Like, our life has changed. Our intimacy has gone through the roof. And I don't just mean that sexually. Yeah. Right? But intimacy is rooted in trust and surrender. Yep. And, and if we can't fully surrender because we don't feel safe, protected, seen, and understood or connected, we won't have the relationship and connection with our partner in life in the level that we want, desire, and are capable of. Mm. It took three months for those walls to start coming down where all of a sudden, both of us literally have talked about it more times in the last few days. After 15 years together, we, live, we love each other more now than we ever thought was possible based on as much as we loved this person before. It's yeah. taken it to a whole other category. So... What is my wife to me? My wife is everything to me. And I get 100% of the credit externally for what's really probably only 50% mine. <laughs> and, and truthfully, like, I just, um, so I had to take that moment to go deeper in that thought process because, again, she could have chosen to just slam the door and say she's walking away, and I would have never understood it. Yeah. But she had the courage to say what needed to be said, which immediately eliminated suffering for both of us and gave us a platform to recognize where do we need to move forward. Yeah. So she is my everything, brother. And it is, I will tell you that the only thing binary in my world, one thing, yeah. Yeah. is if my wife and my kids are not good, they aren't healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, I'll walk away from everything to ensure that they are. Yeah. Everything else in my world is gray. I think the yeah. gift is in the gray area with everything else, but that's the one thing I won't sacrifice. I appreciate you sharing that with me because um, I think what I take out of that is you mentioned it earlier you know, in one of your many quotables, which was embrace pain to avoid suffering. And the other piece that I take from that though, too, means that you don't have to just tell people to do that. You get to be that too. Like the evolution of Brian, the evolu evolution of Trevor, the evolution of anybody else listening to this is constantly lean into the hard conversations, constantly Always. lean in and look at 
how can I take personal responsibility for yeah. the reality of what's going on here? It doesn't mean that you get to beat yourself up constantly, but like we as human beings get to own our parts in all mm-hmm. aspects of this. And like, I, honestly, like just what you said in the last 10, 15 minutes, I can't wait to share this uh, and watch this back again with my wife, because I feel like we've gone through many, many moments like that over the last like 10 years that we've been together too. And we're still going like, Brian, there was yeah, uh, we are too. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. And it won't end, you know? And I think no. that's the part when you actually kind of give into that and you're like, oh, wait a second, this is part of the fun part, you know? Like, yeah. there's going to be moments. And, you know, I looked at my I, wife. I want to give you a quotable real quick because this is important given the word that you said and given yeah. what we're talking about. I don't care if it's in personal development or in relationships or in life. There is no final destination, only constant evolution of self, mm. right? So if you recognize that and you recognize that everything begins and ends with you, right? The reality of it is, is where you are today doesn't mean this is where you're going to be tomorrow as long as you're putting effort into improving. Yeah. And, and that, that's the case with everything in our world. But we're going to have patterns and cyclical. But again, there's no final destination. There's only constant evolution of self. Mm-hmm. Keep on your pattern. I had to give that piece because, again, that one I actually said, this can be a quotable, Trevor. There Put you go. Put it into a quote card. That one's getting pulled out for sure. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – and where it's most relevant to me, I'll just reference this, is like – 14 years ago, 14, 15 years ago, I read a book. Um, it was by the founders of Lonely Planet. You know those travel books, Lonely mm-hmm. Planet? Mm-hmm. And it was an autobiography type book, right? And they talked about how they went from the UK down through like Afghanistan and Southeast Asia and ended up yeah. in Australia, documented the whole thing, then started hiring writers and then had kids and then brought them up to base camp. Like I remember reading that 15 years ago and I was like, that right there. And I was like, I don't have a freaking clue how I'm going to do that. Like I'm working a job, my business is struggling. Like, I don't know. And then right before COVID hit, um, my wife and I both looked at each other and said, we are truly in control of our own fate here. Yeah, you are. Let's go and create what we want, which is, you know, at first we were like, well, maybe we go to Mexico. We know some friends there. And then we were like, what about Costa Rica? So yeah. we start looking into schools and just went down that path. Right. And it started to become real. And then COVID hit and we couldn't travel. And then everything got put on hold, right? Yeah. But we stayed the course. And just in the last um, couple of months, actually, is when the two of us finally aligned on it. And she came to me and said, book the tickets. Like, we have no idea what's, what's going to happen. So we booked the tickets. Now we're faced with a whole bunch of other things. But the next piece was she actually traveled through Central America and South America, like, two, three years before we met. And that was where oh, wow. she really found her her passion and her her love for just being in the moments, you know? Yeah. And I saw that person that I met come back into my world. Like, Dude. You know? Oh. That, yeah. And it's There's like- There's so much power in that. So much power in that. Like, that's literally what Ashley and I have talked about is that it's like, I feel like I'm dating the person I met. Right. Before all of our triggers got in the way of who we are. Like genuinely, like the light, the love, the laughter, like all of these things that like we experienced 15 years ago, we're like, oh, cool. Yeah. To to what you're doing though, dude, I've told your story. I can't tell you how many times. Mm. The fact that you guys are literally, you've set a vision a few years ahead on how do we want to raise our kids? What's the experience and the culture we want to immerse them in? What's the perspectives of the world that we can provide for them so that they truly can recognize where they need to focus? Because perspective points us at what's important, just like pain does, by the way. But you're doing that. You are creating a vision 
right? You are literally painting a vision and at some day you're going to hand that paintbrush over to your kids and be like, now you get to paint your own. Yeah. But in the meantime, you're giving them a wealth of opportunity to experience the world uniquely different than most will ever have that chance. Yep. You're giving them a gift, but not only for your, for them, it's for yourselves. Yeah. And that is so powerful that you're actually not only painting that vision, but you're actually executing on it. Yeah. Like the fact that you guys have the tickets booked, you're going to live in Costa Rica within the next two years. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And leaning into the unknown. And, and again, I think this is another learning process that we've gone through too is, you know, I think less me, when we first met, I was straight up like, I'm just following my vision. I don't even know. Like I had businesses in 2009, 2010 that weren't businesses, man. They were just passion projects. And maybe somebody paid me 500 bucks to speak every once in a while, but like they weren't businesses, you know? Yeah. But, um, you know, now that we book the tickets and the world is the state that it is, and if anybody has researched Costa Rica recently, you know that like there's a massive influx of like Mm. North Americans and Europeans going there. Huge, huge. So anybody that owns property just went, whoop, just jacked up all the prices, right? So we were looking at this from the perspective of like, okay, well, let's get booked. You know, we'll book the two months that we're going to be there and that'll allow us to get our feet on the sand and like figure it out, you know? Started going down that path, realized it was just like barrier after barrier running into. We're like, oh, we just can't do that. Two weeks ago, my wife looked at me and said, we should recreate the experience that I had when I went to South and Central America just get the car rental booked. Make sure we're good for the first four days. Because, you know, when you land and you got... Because we got three and four-year-old boys. Like, we yeah, got to get gotta, car yeah, seats. Yeah. Like, it's it's different. You got to settle. It's, yeah. Traveling is... It's, it's a trip. Yeah. yeah. But then the rest of the trip, I have no idea what we're going to do. And it's that's beautiful. the freaking beautiful part about it, it is, is that, like, we're just going to go. Right? I love it. And it feels like a metaphor for the way that we've chosen to kind of shift in our life. And what you share about your wife there, too, is that, like, that didn't just happen, man. Like, you know, there's been a ton of, like, major resistance and conflict and butting heads and some really angry conversations. And through it all, you know, we've come out and and we've created this. And and we know it won't be the end. There'll be something else. You know, she lost her dad a couple years ago and it still hurts, right? Yeah. My parents are still here. It's going to hurt when they pass. So, but I just know that we'll be able to do it together. And it feels good to have a co-pilot, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, dude, it's, I I don't, I don't want to do life alone. And I mean that in every capacity. I don't just mean it in my own nuclear family. I mean it in like my businesses, my world. Like I have no desire to be doing life alone, Mm -hmm. right? It is so much more fun when we do it with other people. Um, you know, and the cool part is, is it's, you know, and I think you can speak to this. You even just did, right? It's, it's fun to see like the evolution and the journey with a partner over that period of time, right? To see their growth, to see their struggles and and the ones that we share mutually, because all the pain that you just described in, in the 15 years we've been together, right? And you guys have been together in your marriage. Guess what? There's also tons of beautiful moments. Yeah. Right. So like we can also choose to focus on what we want to. And it was those beautiful moments that kept stringing us along in the difficult ones. And so it's really about how do we remove some of the difficult ones so we can truly just have joy, freedom and fulfillment holistically in our household because we can build our life in alignment and have it be self-regulating. And how do we do that so that we are not the only ones preventing that from being our own reality? Right. I was preventing it. She was preventing it. We mutually were preventing it. Now we're creating it. Right. Right. And so if we can actually let those walls down to be able to shift from preventing to creating, you truly can live whatever life you want. And that's like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the core of our message. Like this no limits living. It's not, it's not that you can do anything. It's that you can truly live to whatever limit you set for yourself. 
right? So you guys are uprooting from Canada to Costa Rica. Yeah. That's not a, a mild shift. That's a nope. major one. Yeah. And you're going to feel it and it's going to hurt in moments, but it's also going to blossom into beautiful growth in a way that you probably don't even anticipate right now. Yeah. Embrace the journey. I, I can't That's wait, it. you know, and it's, and it's all of everything you just said, you know, like there's, I, I don't speak fluent Spanish. I've got little bits. I'm doing the yeah, Duolingo dual apps. That's oh yeah, gonna hurt. it's going to hurt. <laughs> but and, you'll learn and you'll grow. Yeah. And quite frankly too, like the other aspect of this is that like my wife is um, East Indian or like Fijian background. So she's darker skin. We have two kids that literally like we got a, we got a brown kid and we got a white kid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's really incredible, actually, not only the dynamic of where we live right now, like there's been moments or times where somebody's kind of looked funny at me, oh, even holding yeah. our bet. darker son and, and vice I'll versa, bet. too. And then we'll have a similar dynamic when we go down there. Like my wife's kind of joking about it right now because she speaks a bit of uh, Spanish pretty well, actually. And she kind of blends into all cultures. I was just right? say, like, she'll blend in more. Yeah, yeah, she like she kind of looks like she's from Costa Rica, and she kind of looks you, you like she's you don't Hawaiian. Blend in she's kind of like brother. You no, don't I like, dude, I'm a straight up no, white you, guy. You with, literally stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, with a plaid <laughs> shirt with Scottish roots, and yeah, yeah. But again, you know, like I look at it as like, all right, well, cool. So I'm gonna start by doing the Duolingo apps with my kids and learning how to speak the basic words of it. traveling and eating and how do I go to the bathroom and then of course we'll throw in Uno Cerveza Por Favor in there, right? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's again, it's just a part of that. Um, embrace it. Embrace the messy journey. Embrace the the pain in order to avoid um, you know the ultimate pain, which is to never have tried, right? So. Well, that's the whole that's the whole deal, right? Embrace pain to avoid suffering. It's just this concept. Like I genuinely believe that we all must choose our pains or our suffering mm. will choose us. Mm. I don't I don't want to hand over right there. I I don't want I quote, quote, quote. <laughs> like here's the thing. Like I've I've allowed others to write the narrative of my life for far too long. And now that I've got that pen back in my hand, I'm never surrendering control again. It's my choice. Yeah. Right. So again, we almost choose our pains or our suffering will choose us. Like every one of us has that ability. And I already outlined for you what I believe are the roots of suffering in four basic categories, or at least yep. the majority of suffering. And so if, if we can all just say the things that we need to say, do the things that we feel like we need to do, we all live, we all get to live a better life. Absolutely. Brother, I'm going to end us on that, knowing, uh, just looking at the time here and knowing that we could probably talk for another four hours on this. But I just want to, um, I just want to acknowledge you, man, for who you are and how you're showing up oh, and your commitment to, to evolve, right? Because even in the year that I've known you, I've seen you evolve. Um, and you spoke to it today from like the person that you were in the video in January to who you are today is a different person. And that'll never end. And those, that's the kind of people I choose to spend my time with. And, and I hope anybody that's listening to this will take the deep dive into getting to understand and know who Brian is and know who his wife is because his wife's got a powerful story to tell too. And I can't wait to oh. hear that. She is more than welcome to come on my show if she ever wants to have a conversation yeah. as well. Trust um, me, I'm 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 slowly getting her into the world because like every time she speaks, yeah. the world just like pauses and they're like, oh, I know, right? She's incredible. Yeah, and I keep telling her this, right? So like I, but I'm never going to push her in it. I just want her to see herself the way I see her, which is the the ridiculous powerhouse of an individual that she is. That's also wrapped in just this beautiful blanket of empathy and compassion that just bleeds out of her. Like she is a gift to the world. Um, she's certainly yep. been a gift to me. 
Um, Trevor, man, here's the thing. You and I are going to be doing a lot of cool stuff for a long time. So if you ever want me back, I'm happy to be back. If you want my wife, I'll somehow yes. try to wait. I'll, I'll somehow try to, to find a way to convince her to do it. Um, <laughs> but but the well, reality of it, man, is it's, it's about collective impact. So let's let's just figure out a way we can go change more lives. We're living in parallel universes because my wife is very similar to yours in every way you just described her. And she has a powerful story to tell, too, on, on her own terms and in her own time, too. And I've invited her with an open arm and knowing that she probably won't tell her story yeah. through my interview. Because um, it's just, that's how it goes, you know. But if I can be a conduit to that, then let this interview hopefully be the introduction to, like, well, who is this guy and what's he all about and what's he trying to do and all that kind of stuff. So we'll just let it. We'll let the universe take care of that, man. Um, so yeah, acknowledge you for being here. Thank you so much for doing this. And absolutely, we got to do this again because that's part of the uh, other piece of this podcast that I'm doing is like, this is an evolving beast, man. Like we're going to have this evolve. conversation in three months and <laughs> yeah. six months. It's going to be different. You know, there'll be something else that we'll come up with. Um, and I'm sure we'll be able to create something amazing together too. We got to. I have no doubt. As we talking. continue to write the chapters in our lives, like it's not, it, they're, yeah. they're going to cross again. So it's, it's all good. Love it. So how can people find out more about you? Where's the best place to go and like dive in and learn? Yeah, about if you're Brian a social Bogert. media person, go to at Bogert Brian on anything. If you're a web person, go to brianbogert.com. Um, you know, the reality of it is, and I'll just say this one time quickly, we're on a mission to impact a billion lives. I say this very clearly because 99.999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999